Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. But there's a day coming that he'll get to see the graves burst open. Uh, the Apostle Paul shared it clearly in First Thessalonians, what's going to happen. I'm not going to preach on that today, but you can go back and read it for yourself. That's good homework right there. That'll get you excited. Uh, but there's going to be a separation come. And they're talking about that trumpet sounding. The Bible said the trump of God will sound and the dead in Christ will rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be changed, right? We're going to be caught up then together to be with the Lord forever. Uh, That's what we know as the body of Christ is the rapture. And uh, the Apostle John, I believe, in Revelation said, Even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. He was ready then. A bunch of us are ready now. The old ship rolls in. We're getting on board and we'll be gone. Amen. Grab your Bibles and stand with us this morning. Appreciate your attendance and your attention. Pray to God that you'll heed to his word today. We're going to read uh, from the book of Luke this morning and then want to share also from the book of John. Luke chapter number 24. We'll read the first uh, eight verses there. And then uh, we'll share with you in just a minute the scripture from John. Appreciate the songs that were sung. Uh, What a joy to be able to worship in Christ today and know that he lives. Uh, I'm grateful that I can feel it in my heart. Luke chapter number 24, verse number 1 is where you'll find the text. Open your Bibles this morning and let's read along. Now, upon the first day of the week... Very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in, found not the body of the Lord Jesus. It came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Father, thank you for your word today, and we pray you'd give us unction to speak it. We desire your voice above all things. May it touch our hearts. May it draw us near. May it challenge every soul. You know the condition of every heart today. And oh, I pray that everyone would leave ready. Hearts prepared. Father, nothing between you and them. But a right relationship. We're trusting you to do what we cannot. As we lay before you but a vessel. Fill us. Empty us for your glory and honor. For we ask it earnestly in Jesus' holy name. Amen. 
the struggle for me this morning is uh, we were preaching the graveside service. Oh, I mean our sunrise service. But we talked about the graveside of Christ the whole time. The, the challenge is in my little brain to keep message number one and message number two separate. Because they're the same topic. And I found this morning it was impossible for me to do. Um, so some of what I said, some of what I said this morning, uh, I'll say again today. But may I say, I'll never, I'll never say too many times, he is risen. The Lord is risen. Uh, everything that I believe is based on the fact that he rose that day. <laughs> If Jesus is dead, uh, I'm in a lot of trouble because all that I am, all that I believe is in the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he defeated death, and that he sits at the right hand of the Father today for me. And uh, I'm confident in that truth. I didn't hope that I didn't sound like I was a little disturbed because I is not. I am absolutely confident that Christ rose I know that today, not just because of the Bible and what it says, but I know because he lives in me. That'd be different if I didn't know that, but I know that he lives in me, and I'm grateful to God for the confirmation of the Holy Spirit. And I want to challenge you today. Um, I'll be the first one to tell you that life's not simple. It's not easy. Uh, there are troubles, and there are heartaches and problems, uh, Job said it like this, man is born of a woman a few days full of trouble. Uh, you'll not get through one day likely without a handful of it. But I want you to know that I've got one that sticks by me. Uh, he's been closer than a brother. He's a constant companion and may I say he's my dearest friend. And I love him today. And if it ended right now, I'd have to shout on and say, God is good. God is so good. I hope you know him today. Uh, my, my earnest desire, my, my goal this morning, uh, by the Lord's help, is to introduce you to the risen Savior. Uh, I, I want to, as best we can, take you inside the tomb. Uh, that's where the business was done. That's where the work was accomplished. That's where death was defeated. That's where, as they sung about just a second ago, he grabbed the keys and won't give them back. Aren't you glad today that all the work that needed to be done to set the awfulness of you and me on a course toward glory's land was done inside the tomb? He finished the work on the cross and the blood was shed and I believe the offering ready. But somebody had to present that offering, same as the priest had to take the blood into the holiest of holies and present it unto the Father upon the altar. The Lamb of God did the very same thing for me and I'll just have you know, he did it in life. He did it as he took his own blood to the Father and presented it for me. We find in the, the book of Luke's gospel, all four of the gospels give an account of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. These truths 
regardless of which gospel you read, will share with you that they laid Jesus into a borrowed tomb and on that first day of the week, when Mary and the others had come to the tomb, that there were some things that took place. And we read to you this morning from Matthew's gospel, and I'm going to read to you, or just read to you from the book of Luke, and I want to also share a bit this morning from the same story as recorded by the apostle John, Uh, certainly relevant as we recognize that John was one of them that went to the tomb that day. He was an eyewitness of the very event. We'll get to that in a second. But if your Bibles are still open this morning, I want you to see from verse number one of Luke's gospel that the important thing that day was that they went to the tomb. For them women, for those women specifically, it was extremely important for you and I and for the rest of them, that they did the simple thing of going, of making an effort. And I'll have to think in my own mind that it was a tremendous effort. Their responsibility as the women who knew him as well as anyone was that they would take additional spices and ointments and they would go to the body And as was the custom, after three days, they would add additional ointments and spices. Now, in that day, they didn't embalm people as we do. Well, the Egyptians did, but but not them. And so one of the things that they did customarily was to continuously anoint the body. And they did that uh, according to their custom. Now, Mary and the others had done what they felt was their obligation. And uh, may I say to you today, if obligation brought you to church, praise God. Praise God you actually feel an obligation. Thank God that you actually feel like you ought to be here. That he's worthy of your attendance when his children gather together. Obligation awoke them early that morning, accompanied by a great deal of grief and struggle conflict in their soul as they wrestled with faith and a great cloud of unbelief. They arose early that morning, well before daylight. They gathered together all that was necessary to go to the tomb that day and they diligently set out just a bunch of women on a path down below Calvary through the garden there and found themselves at Joseph's new tomb. I wonder today how many of you are here by appointment from God. (laughs) It wasn't an accident, you see. It was God's plan, I believe, from the foundation of the world that there would come a day that he would introduce the resurrection of his only begotten via an angel of the Lord coming down at a borrowed tomb and sharing himself with these women who faithfully had come to attend the body of the Christ, the body of the Lord Jesus. May I say to you today that there are some that have come here this morning out of a full heart. 
They've come here anxious, desiring to worship the Lord, loving Him as these women loved Him. They made their way to this place this morning. Men and women, families, mothers and children, and all have come to to observe and to be obedient unto the darling Lamb of God today. May I say He's worthy of that. He's worthy of that in every way. They went to the tomb. And you've come this morning to hear something, and I certainly hope that it's more than 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 just a, a breeze blowing through the reeds. I hope the Spirit of God will challenge you and that you'll look inside this tomb. They come to the tomb. The Bible said in verse number two, the Bible said, and they found the stone rolled away from the sepulchre. You're here this morning regardless of the obstacles and the barriers that you faced to be here. Some of you may have went home from our service this morning and found trouble at hand. You may have struggled to even get back. But I want you to know today that you're here. And whatever obstacles were in your way, they were removed by God's providence and his grace. You say, well, I just come because somebody wanted me to be here today. You know, regardless of what you think, I believe there are divine appointments that take place every day. There was a divine appointment for me one day. Uh, I didn't know that I was going to be at the tomb that night. I didn't have any idea that he was going to open unto me the truth of his precious word, but he did. I didn't have any idea, having been drugged to church that night and sitting on a bench in 1976, that the Holy Spirit of God would open unto my soul the truth of Jesus Christ, but he did. Somebody got me to the tomb that day. Somebody was faithful enough to remove the barriers that were in my way, and they got me to the place where Jesus was. I wonder today, what all has taken place just to get you here this morning. You say, preacher, is it that important? Yes. The Bible said unless you hear the gospel, you can't believe the gospel. How can they believe if they've not heard, he said? How can they hear except there be a preacher? And how can he preach unless he be sent? Listen, there's a reason that you're here today. The same, there was a reason that these women had made their way down to the garden tomb. They had a responsibility to observe, but they were fixing to be changed radically by the power of God's Spirit. They were fixing to be changed by a new message, by a new event by an occurrence, by the very thing that separates every other religion from mine. My God rose from the dead. Mine lives. Not only did they go to the tomb and the barriers to the entrance of the tomb were removed, but we find they went in. They went in the tomb. I look in the eyes of people all the time that just a tad bit clueless when it comes to Christ. And there have been many times, Rod, I just want to open it up and say, I want you to see it. I, I, there's times, Lenny, I struggle for words to say to somebody what really happened to me that day when I got saved. That I could tell it somehow that would compel you to know that he's alive, that he lives in me. But the best I can do 
is what was done for them. And that's to try to remove the stone for you this morning, to roll back the barriers, to move the obstacles out of your way so that you can make a simple choice whether or not you'll only look in or whether you'll go in and experience God in a new way today. They looked in, but then they went in. There is a difference between the two. Did you know today that the world is full of so-called believers, people who have claimed to have been born again but have never been converted, people who have made a statement of faith all the while never being changed by the Holy Spirit of God. May I say today, you can't be a child of God until you're born again. You can claim it all day long, but it ain't about claiming it. It's about being born again. You have to be saved by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul would say it in Romans like this, that if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. I can shake your hand and tell you all day long that your baptism and your church membership will get you to heaven, but that would be a lie. Amen, as far as that goes, you're still on the outside of the tomb looking in. And there was a day in my life that I stood on the outside looking in and I wasn't able to explain to any man what took place, what happened for my soul. Brother, I had to go in to know Christ that day. I had to go in. The Bible said the the stone having been rolled away. Verse number three, the scripture said they went in. They went in. I wonder today how many of us have fears that keep us from doing what we know we have to do to receive Christ. I don't have any doubt in my mind that out of fear and doubt, there's been many that have heard a gospel message and they have rejected it and left Christ. They got right to the edge of the tomb, Lenny, and they couldn't go in. They got right there and the obstacle had been moved out of the way. The Holy Spirit of God had made a way for them to believe, had made an open path inside the tomb and they did not go in. How many of you are standing on the outside today? Some even here this morning that are looking in and want to go in, but for whatever reason, fear has gripped your heart. There's a certain wondering. There's a certain, there's a certain shame of you bowing before Christ and someone else seeing you bow that you are fearful of. And it keeps you on the outside of the tomb looking in. And yet all the while there is something in your soul that hears the call of God. Come, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. What you need today is inside the tomb. The message today that'll set you free will come from inside this tomb. The Bible tells us in the book of John's gospel, I love this particular version of the account of the resurrection of Christ. The Bible said Mary and the others having received the direction to go and tell the disciples, the Bible said that they did. They ran and they told the disciples The scripture gives us the apostle John, who was eyewitness to this. He was the one writing this. He would tell it this way. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved. 
It would be John. And saith unto them, they have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth and the other disciple and came to the sepulcher. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulcher. So what it says is that John arrived first to the tomb. Evidently, he was a little quicker than Peter on foot. And when they took off running together, John outrun him. Now, I've seen some that was quick to the tomb. But when they got there, they just wouldn't go in. I've seen some that were invited to come to God's house and were anxious to get there. And they made it there. But they, like John the beloved, stood on the outside. They just stooped down and looked in. They could see that there was an open path inside. They could see that there was something else in there. They could tell they needed to go just a little bit farther. But they stopped just outside the tomb. The Bible said Peter, or John, stooping down, he looked in. And he saw what was left. What he saw was the grave clothes. He saw the linen cloths lying. And yet it says, yet went he not in. He saw the evidence that Christ had been there. He saw what was left, the remnants of his body that had been wrapped in those cloths, that had been anointed by those spices. He probably could smell in his own nostrils the sweet odor that was in those linen cloths still there, having the frankincense and the myrrh bound in the cloth and the material. He could probably uh, in his own mind know that this was the place that Christ was laid, but there are the grave clothes. Yet it says he went not in. May I say to you today that the revelation of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the truth of this extraordinary event never, never found its way to the heart of the apostle while he was on the outside of the tomb. You got to go in. Some today with, with fearful hearts, with, with burdened souls, stand on the outside knowing in their soul that the answer they seek is just a step away. Listen, if you're standing on the edge and you're able to stoop down and look in, you're close. I wonder after how many people over the last 35 years of my ministry, how many people have got that close to Christ but walked away? They wouldn't go in They wouldn't take the last, all he had to do was take one step and he would have been inside that tomb. He would have been in that place where the message was. May I say to you today, you're going to have to take the next step for God today. You're running out of time. You're running out of time. You can stand and look in and intellectually you can, you can say with the best of us that Jesus is alive. But brother, what you need to do is know that he is alive because he lives in you now. And you're not going to get it by standing on the outside looking in. How many today weren't able to rejoice in the singing 
because you're on the outside looking into it. How many weren't able to fellowship in the prayer that was prayed and the Holy Spirit that was shared from breast to breast? How many were excluded from that moment this morning of worship as we stood outside as the sun rose up over that mountain and we experienced the presence of the risen Lord among us? How many missed that because you were on the outside looking in? Well, you was close. But may I say, when it comes to salvation, close won't do. Ain't no telling how many millions and millions of people were buried so close. But lost. No hope. You say, why? Because they never went in. They say, what in the world are you talking about? Obviously, I'm speaking spiritually this morning. I don't have to go to Jerusalem and walk in a tomb to be saved. Ain't you glad of that? I'm talking about something that's of a spiritual nature this morning. I am speaking, as some would say, metaphorically. What I want you to understand is that there are people sitting in this building today, if you want to be literal about it, they're sitting in this building today and they are that close for making a choice to have Christ as their own and they have to decide whether or not they will take one more step or not. That's where we are. But for them, it was the same thing. For Peter and John, it was the same thing. I can see in my mind's eye how they, they ran just as hard as they could to get to the tomb. John was absolutely pressed to get there and find out what is going on. What is this message that Mary has come and told us there was something that compelled him to give everything he had. And oh, how I believe, Paul, the Spirit of God draws people, men and women. He draws people and gets them to that very point of decision and they stand on the outside and they won't go in. They won't go in. Listen, loved one, you can't save yourself. I can't save you. The best I can do is give you the message The best I can do is to tell you that what he's trying to do is to get you in to the place where faith intersects his faithfulness. He wants to change you today. But it's one more step. It's one more step. Peter and John got to the tomb. John beat him there. He had enough time. He evidently was quite a bit faster. He had enough time to stoop down, look in, and decide, I'm going to wait. He had enough time to have an opportunity to step into the place that Peter had yet to come into and make up his mind that I don't believe I'll go in. What was it kept him out? I, I, I truly don't believe that John the Beloved was a man that was fearful of things. The Bible said that James and John were called the sons of thunder. Does that ring of a coward to you? No, sounds like a pretty brave fellow to me. And yet he, like so many, listen to me. I love you this morning. 
That's some of the finest people I've ever met in this room. But if you don't go on in that tomb, you're going to die without Christ. And that breaks my heart. Because you don't have to die without him this morning. There's a message inside the tomb. You say, preacher, where am I hearing it from? All I know to tell you is I've been preaching from inside the tomb for the last 35 years. This October. The last 35 years I've been preaching from inside the tomb. I ain't standing on the outside. The message is on the inside. And you've got to come in to receive it all. There has to be a giving of your own heart. A surrendering of your own self. A calling unto him as Lord. Believing. When you step into that tomb you'll be saint. Just like that. Today, you stand on the outside looking in. Today, what you hear is the voice of the one calling, the voice of the messenger that is inside the tomb saying, come in and see. Let me read on in the book of John chapter 20. The Bible said that he went not in. Verse number six. Then it says, come with Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulcher and see if the linen cloths lie. And the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but wrapped together in a place by itself. I preached that a couple of years ago about the napkin that was folded. It's still a Jewish custom today that if you fold your napkin and leave it by your plate, that means to the waiter, I'm coming back. Anybody know he's coming back? He separated the napkin from the rest of the clothes to leave a message to the... See, the message was in the tomb. The only way to get that message, you had to go in and see it for yourself. That was a clear indication that somebody on purpose folded that thing up. Now, if somebody had stolen his body, they wouldn't have wasted no time folding up no rags. Bloody ones at that. But somebody had folded what was about his face and laid it in a different place so they could see the message. They'd never known that, you see, if they'd not gone in. Oh, what you don't know today, you're going to have to come in and find out. Because there's likely been Tens of scores of hundreds may be of preachers in your lifetime that have shared with you a gospel message from inside the tomb and you're still on the outside. You're still nodding your head, but you're still unwilling to take that next step for Christ. You're unwilling to give your heart to him. You're unwilling to let him change you forevermore. The Bible said, here comes Peter. Now, he's always like a, in my mind, he's like a bull in a china shop, right? He, he talks instead of, instead of listening. He does instead of thinking. But I'll tell you what else he was. He was brave <laughs> enough to know that the answer he was looking for was inside that place, not on the outside. Here's what I can tell you. They'd been on the outside for the last three days and their mind was a mess. They had been on the outside and the doubt was tearing them apart. They had been
been on the outside and the darkness of it all was about to kill him. Peter, I don't think, ever slowed down. I believe he ran past old John and right into the tomb he went. You know what? He was looking for something. He's looking for Boy, I like to see them get saved when they come barreling down there. Amen. And they run right in the tomb. You know what I know about that? They likely to find what they're looking for. They come out of nowhere. Didn't expect it two Sundays ago or three Sundays ago when, was his name, Caden or Hayden, come barreling out through there and running up through here and slid down on an altar and his confession was he got saved. I didn't have any doubt he's going to get saved. The way he run in the tomb, he's going to find what he was looking for. The answer was inside. Everybody's got their own testimony. But it's all the same. I like to tell Lenny's testimony too. He had to get in there that day. As a nine-year-old boy, I was standing on the outside of the tomb and I didn't know what I was missing until I heard him call me, until I heard the invitation, come in. I want to show you what this is all about. I sat there that night listening to the happy pilgrims sing from Dalton, Georgia. They were having a big time here. Women shouting, all kinds of... They were just having a big time. And I sat back there minding my own business. I wasn't looking for God. I wasn't hunting for God. I wasn't trying to get saved. Didn't want to get saved. And then somebody started calling me from the tomb. And I found, Rod, that I could no longer stand on the outside. I had to go in for myself. Do you know nobody can get saved for you? Nobody can get saved in your behalf. Nobody can get saved to your credit. Everybody will get saved when they go to Christ. Peter went right on in. He went right on in and he found the same thing that, that the apostle thought he saw from the outside. Peter found when he got on the inside. Verse number seven, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Verse number eight. This is where I'm going to stop right here. Verse number eight. Then went in also that other disciple which came first to the sepulcher. And John went in. You know what? Sometimes it helps to have somebody with you. Let me, let me say this today. If today's the day you need to be saved and you need to come to this altar, let me go ahead and tell you in advance, there'll be plenty of people with you. Because even though my message is from inside the tomb, just as soon as you step in there, you'll find there's a whole bunch of people that'll help you. They'll be right beside you. They'll have been where you've been and are now. And you ain't by yourself. 
You think for a minute that when these people see you walk an aisle that they somehow have some kind of other thought other than glory to God? May I say to you today, every one of us have been in the place you're in. Every one of us have been lost and needed to be saved. Every one of us have heard the voice of the Holy Ghost speak unto us and call us into that intimate place with Christ. And every one of us wants to see you get saved today. Then went in that other apostle. The one that got there first, he said. I don't know why he didn't just say, I went in. He spoke in the third person. He said, then went in that other disciple that got there first. I want you to listen to what happened to him. Oh, five little words. And he saw and believed. That forever changed him right there. Where did he get changed? In the tomb. In the tomb. Now, metaphorically speaking, we don't have to go right to the, to the tomb in Jerusalem. Right? Who knows if that one they show is even the real one? I don't know. Here's what I do know. That ain't the tomb I've got to go into. It's not a physical tomb. It's a spiritual one. I have got to enter into the place of truth. I have got to come into the realm of God's calling. And brother, when I come into that place, he'll do the work I can't do. He'll save you today. Listen, if this is the first time you're ever hearing a message, I got good news for you. If you're really hearing it, the master's come for you today. That's good news. i tell you right now, when I got saved, that night when I got saved, I was the only one got saved. I reckon that meant he came just for me. I was the only one he got that night. He came just for me. Oh, bless his name. He came for me. Oh, what a glad day when he came for me. I ain't never been the same since I've been in the tomb. I came out different. I'm still different. And bless his name, he's alive and he's in me. He wants to be in you today. The message that we share from inside the tomb is to come and see. As I thought about that simple truth today, come and get a song. Down if you would, come and get a song. The Bible said when, when Jesus was first being introduced in the ministry and he was going through and preaching everywhere that he came into this city and, and the Bible said, oh, Philip, he, he heard him. Philip was a disciple of John the Baptist and, and when, he'd, when he'd heard Jesus, he was convinced this is him. This is Messiah. And the Bible said, Philip, knowing this, that, that he ran and he found old Nathaniel. And you know where Nathaniel was? The Bible said he was laid up under a fig tree. Taking it easy. Taking it easy. No, Philip came to Nathaniel and he said, We found him. We found the Lord. We found the Christ. And Nathaniel said, Who? And he said, It's that Jesus of Nazareth. No, Nathaniel said, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? I get it. You got your doubts today. 
You're on the outside and you're looking in. I get it. You're wondering, can all this be true? Are these people just nuts? But what did Philip tell him? He said, come see. Don't believe me. Come and see. You know what Philip knew? He knew, bless God, if he, if he got one word in with the Christ, he'd know. He'd know. I'm confident today. I'm absolutely confident today that if you'll make a stand for Christ and if you'll come and see, you'll get saved. You know how I know? Because that's how he did it with me. And if he can save me, he can save you. You've not gone too far. You've not done enough. You had not been bad enough. You can't make him not love you. And he stands on the inside and calls for you to come. He bids for you to come. So, preacher, I just don't know. That's what's killing you. That old doubt that, that keeps you on the outside. That old doubt that keeps you dabbling in the things of this world. That old doubt that keeps you uncommitted to the love of Christ and unchanged by his power. That old doubt is keeping you on the outside this morning. (laughs) You just need to come on in. Come on in here. He'll change you, won't he, Alfred? Come on in here. I promise you, you won't leave the way you came. Come on in and know him. You'll leave here a different woman. You'll leave here a different man. Because when you come and you see Christ, when you believe in Christ, he'll make you a new creature. Come and see. Come and see as we stand. We beseech you this morning. We plead with all of our heart with an earnest invitation to come.